0: Welcome to Inside the Tunnel, brought to you by VT Scoop 24-7 Sports. My name is Andrew Alex. Evan Watkins and Tech both on the both on the call today. How are you gentlemen doing? Doing great. Awesome. Awesome. Me too, me too. Always doing great when we bring a great guest on. And it's why I am pleased to welcome to the program
1: Virginia Tech linebackers and Nichols coach, Sean Quinn.
0: Coach I Quinn,
2: how are you
1: doing? It. I'm doing great. I'm, I'm uh we're in spring break, so uh, just doing a little professional development and enjoying some time by the Gulf here and uh, enjoying uh, just the opportunity to get recharged before spring ball next week. And uh, so I appreciate you guys having me on. Always fun to talk Hokie football and get a chance to commiserate with you guys a little bit.
0: Absolutely, so hey, my first question, I wanna start this off with, uh, you know, I was at the Richmond event, Matei was at the DC event. I don't know how you introduced yourself there, but, but I heard, you know, when Pry wanted the most energetic, best looking man for the job, you were the first call he made. So what uh you know, what <laughs> made what made you take that Virginia Tech job? Talk about your your relationship with Pry and kind of how the whole thing started there with you coming to Blacksburg.
1: Well, I'm not sure who you've had on here. I'll I'll ask that question first, but I'd like to think I'm the best looking, at least ginger that you've had on here. So uh, uh you know, we like to have fun. One of the great things about Brent is just his sense of humor. Um I've known Brent for a long time. Worked with him. You know, we were big Allman Brother fans. So this is like our third time we've got together and cut some albums. So uh, as we like to say, and uh, just have enjoyed working with him. And you know, had opportunity to get back with him after working with him at Louisiana Lafayette for a number of years, where he was the defensive coordinator, and I coached the outside linebackers, the safeties, D line, a number of positions there with him. And then at Georgia Southern, we had a really nice run where he was the D coordinator and I coached the linebackers. And then. Uh, was a head coach when he called me. Um, he got the job, it was about 11.45. It was funny because about a week before all this kind of happened, he said, Quinn, I'm one of three. And then he would send me like a cryptic text, one of two. And then he said, hey, call me one night. So they want to meet Amy. So I, I knew this was getting serious. And uh, obviously, um, you know, he'd had a lot of job opportunities before that, that Brent had turned down um, because his a just To James Franklin, what had they had going at Penn State and just one of the right situations uh, and some really good jobs. And, uh, you know, kind of we had been on separate paths there for a bit, having worked together. I was a head coach. So he called me. I think he got the job about 1150, about 1201. He called me and uh, I think I went streaking, ran down the street, did a few things, but I was ecstatic. Um, You know, you got to understand in this business to coach defense at Virginia Tech. Is like uh, you know that's that's the creme de la creme to, to be a defensive coach here with the tradition that's here with with Bud Foster, with what Coach Beamer did, Bruce Smith, D'Angelo Hall. You can name every great defensive guy here. Um, so you know we've had a great relationship. I mean, he's like a brother to me. He's a mentor, um, and he's a guy that I've leaned on through some tough times and some good times, and vice versa. And he's always been somebody that's never looked for a yes guy. Um, I think he always appreciated the fact that I kind of told him how I saw it, but I always always had his back and tried to be loyal and do a good job. So, um I'm glad I'm here. It's it's been awesome. Um you know, obviously we've got a big challenge. We got to win this year and uh but I think we're well on the right path with the things we're doing and it's been a bunch of fun and man, the folks have been awesome. You couldn't ask for a better place to be with with every resource that you could have to win and and just the fan base here is amazing.
0: So, is it safe to say that Amy Pry got him the job?
1: She was she was the final straw maybe? Is she the one that got him the gig? I think he probably pitched Eight solid innings and she came in and threw three outs. You know, she threw nine strikes and got the job. So uh, I if he was smart, he would say she was the 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 factor that got her him the job. But uh Amy's awesome. She's uh, I've known her since they first met. Um and so she's a great gal. She's a Cajun from uh from Louisiana and uh just a ton of fun. We'll actually we'll run into them this week and uh she they're dear friends to us. And but Amy, man, she is an awesome head coach's wife and uh I'm sure when that, when Witt and that crew met her, they were like, all right, we got to hire Brent. Cause, uh, you know, you always say you're a good recruiter based on meet the guy's better half. That'll tell you what kind of recruiter he is. So, um, but uh, she's awesome gal. And, and, um, so I'm, I'm super glad we're here with them doing this thing right now called Hokie
2: Football. Can you talk about your transition from being a head coach and then coming to the Virginia Tech staff? You know, how did your day to day change? Did, Pry lean on you as a first-time head coach for some of your experience? Can you just talk about the transition?
1: Well, for me, I went from worrying about uh, finding pregame meals to raising money for budgets and doing all those things, um, you know, kind of a 10,000-foot view more to now, maybe a 100-foot thousand view, if that makes sense. Um, but, you know, one thing that's kind of interesting, having been a head coach, I was telling somebody, asked me this, you get to know everybody on the team when you're a head coach, and you're a position coach, you kind of had blinders and you know you may know that all the guys in your position are on the defensive unit but you know I've just found myself interacting and, and and coach does a great job wants us all to do that I just you know get to know the offensive linemen know the tight ends know the receivers know the kickers just that kind of uh for me that's you know you look at things more holistically now maybe than you did before when you're just a position coach I was a position coach then a coordinator for about a decade at the FCS level um, then became a head coach and you know obviously you're fighting different battles. And, you know, the one thing I told Brent was, you know, your to-do list will never get shorter. It'll get longer. And, uh, you know, you come in with three objectives for the day and 42 other things are going to happen. That's just, you're the fundraiser. You set the thermostat, you're the temperature setter in the room. When you walk in a room, whether that's in town, in a meeting we've got with the players, anywhere you go, you set the, the pace and the temperature. And so you got, in essence, you always got to be on. And he's been really good. He's asked, you know, asked sometimes, Hey, what do you think about this? And he's always been that way. And that was one of the things uh, I've always told people, if he had I said, Hey, we're going to Alaska and ask, what kind of snowshoes do I need? Cause he's the kind of guy um, that you want to, he's got a Piper quality about it. You guys have talked to him and he just got a great energy and I trust him, I believe in him. And, you know, we have a lot of the, the same beliefs which makes it easy cause you're aligned. You know, I've worked for head coaches maybe my beliefs and my core values were different but he and I are very similar in that, I, you know, obviously And and you know, when I left Brent and he left Georgia Southern, went to Vanderbilt, and I kind of became a coordinator at the FCS level. We ran this defense at those places I was at for about twelve years. So I'm a big believer in what we do defensively, and obviously you tweak it everywhere you go. But uh he's been awesome, man. He 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 asks. Uh, he's a guy that's going to listen to a lot of opinions, not just his own little tight circle. He's going to go take from the coaches, from the people around the program. How can we be better? And and you know. Obviously, um, you know, you got some loyalty and time together, so he's going to listen to what you say, and I appreciate that about him. I've learned a ton here myself, too. So,
0: so coming from a, a head coach, not something that you're going through right now personally, but Brent Pry is going through replacing the staff. Putting together your first staff is one thing because you're kind of building the whole puzzle uh, but then, when you have to start making replacements, how hard is that? Because right now he's trying to make make some changes. Obviously, you got two coaches that left. How hard is it from a head coach's perspective to to make those changes?
1: It, it's tough because there's a, a a certain synergy or loyalty, and everybody's got a familiarity with themselves over that time period. You work out the kinks. Hey, this is what makes Joe great. This is what makes Brad great. Whatever those things are. And I think the most important, most underrated thing, Evan, that a lot of people don't talk about, it's super important that you have great chemistry on your staff. Any good staff, it's maybe not as much the X's and O's as the mojo, the jihad between the coaches. And so there's a ton of great coaches out there. I know we've interviewed a ton of really good coaches that want this job. I mean, those two jobs are coveted jobs. I'm just telling you. I mean, my phone, and I'm not the head coach, is blown up. Hey, can you get me, can I talk to Coach Pry? can I talk to Coach Bowen? A lot of folks want to work here, and it's more important than anything to get the right kind of guy, if that makes sense, who fits the personality. Because Virginia Tech's different. The, I coached LSU. It's a totally different environment. It's a different type of fan base. It's just, it's not, you know, you have a certain niche that fits here, but also it's got to fit Coach Pry. It's got to fit Coach Bowen and feel like that guy is going to intermingle well because we do a lot of stuff as a staff together. We're not one of those staffs that when works over we go our separate ways we spend a lot of time hard we work hard we play hard together i'll leave it at that and i think brent wants to have a familiarity and i know this tyler where those guys will be a good fit from a not only an x's and o's and recruiting which is critical but a, a chemistry standpoint so that's the tough part and the other part that i think is hard and my advice is you can there's so many options you can go over the next rainbow what's over the next rainbow what's over the next rainbow and you got to kind of pick a pool and go, all right, these are the guys we really like, let's, somebody in here is going to kind of stick out. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. We interviewed a ton of receiver coaches last year, and we get to Fontel. We're two minutes into the interview. I text Brent, here's our guy. No doubt, this is a guy we need to hire. Like it was just in your gut. You're like, that's our guy. We can sit here and draw post routes till the cows come home. He's the right guy for this job. And I think everybody in the room felt that way. I was ready to say, hey, let's go. Let's go, catch, let's go do something else. We don't need to waste any more time. This guy's our guy right now. And uh, I think you kind of always in recruiting, you'll, and then coaching, finding the right recruit or finding the right coach, you kind of in your gut will generally tell you who the right fit is. So that's a big challenge right now. Um, and we got Spring Ball Lumen. So you kind of got a deadline coming and making sure you get the right guy. So you, you don't want to be too quick, but you also know, hey, we got practice here in a week and a half. So we got yep. to be ready.
0: So we figured uh, that obviously that pry would lean heavily on Bowen because that's, that's two offensive position coaches um, that he needs to to be hiring, but it, does he lean on you all as well? Is it a, is it a completely a group
1: effort? Yeah, uh, of course uh, he, he's a big collectively, like a lot of us sat in the interviews uh, for the positions that are open and uh, you know, he's really good about listening and Tyler's awesome about it too. I mean, I've gotten, I, you know, I didn't know Tyler from boo when I took this job and, we've got to be really good friends. We both like to eat a lot. So that's a common ground. We kind of nurtured there and um, both being linemen in our lives. So, but uh, Tyler is, you know, obviously it's tough because there's so many guys that want the job, guys that don't have a job, guys that want the job, guys that, Hey, I got to get out of this contract if I can get the job. So, you know, he's kind of like a, a boxer. He's taking all kinds of punches from people wanting it. So, but he's been open to listen to ideas. And I think at the end of the day, it's got to fit Tyler, too, because he's going to spend the most time with that guy. And philosophically, you want somebody that has some beliefs that you have so you can coach. You don't want a guy that's going to be opposite of you. Everything that you bring up, he's going to go right, you go left. So, um, And he knows a lot of guys because, obviously, Tyler's coached for a number of years and been in the NFL. So um, I think he's got a pretty good handle on it, um, and he'll do a great job. And, and I'm sure whoever we hire will be an awesome hire. So it's, it'll be in the works here pretty quick, I would I would imagine here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so you mentioned recruiting a few times in there. Let's talk about your specific recruiting. What do you look for? When you're recruiting a kid, whether it's your position or your area, what are kind of your factors before you realize, yeah, I want to go in on this kid?
1: Well, I'll I'll do it from two two categories. The first is the tape, and the one thing you jump out is what kind of motor do they have? Does the guy jump off the screen as far as he plays super hard and he's got as for me a defensive guy just as what is his speed and his feet? Does he have great feet and great speed? Like one thing we've tried to do really objectively here is increase the speed of our football team. Find bigger guys that can run and guys that really, really like football. Um, and you can't measure that on film, but you can see on film, man, this guy is making play after play, sideline to sideline, whether he's offense or defense. So from that, from the film standpoint, that's big for me, um, athleticism, speed. Cause I always say you can't block what you can't catch and you can't tackle what you can't catch. So we always try to find guys. I'd rather take an undersized old lineman that's 6'6", 250, you know, like a Johnny Garrett who we signed out of Boston um, but can run is a great baseball player. Now he's 3'10". Um, you'd rather have those kind of guys. And then the second part is when you walk in and you meet the guy for the first time, what's that mojo? What's that energy? Because Brent's an energetic guy. You know, the one thing about recruiting you get to do is you get to pick who gets on that bus, and you want to make sure you're putting the right one, right guys on the bus. There's a lot of guys we meet or see that are really good football players. But, you know, they're just kind of the personalities, kind of like the wall. They don't have anything to them. You're going to be the face of this program. And I always tell everybody at Virginia Tech, this is pro football in southwest Virginia. So when you come here and you go to Chick-fil-A or you go to Chipotle or you go anywhere in town, they're going to know who you are and everything about you. So you got to have that persona and have that kind of mojo. And so that's big for me. You know, is your personality of energy, um, you know, when you talk to people in the building, one thing I try to do is get to know not only the head coach, the counselor, and the people around him and say, this guy's a good guy. He, he's got these other qualities about him. He's super competitive, and he really likes football because recruiting is going to end. So if you got a guy who just enjoys recruiting, what's going to happen when 2 a day start? You know, there's no more rivals calling you. You know, you got a guy who's got to enjoy football as well as the other parts that go along with being recruited. So um, that, those are big factors for me. I and, uh, you know generally a guy who's a leader of his team you know people talk highly of and if people have naysayer things to say you generally that's going to raise a flag with me hey may this may be not a right guy for us
0: yeah when you when you looked at the recruits you all brought in in 23 I've asked every every coach this I asked pry I've asked the recruit staff when I had them on the podcast everybody that's come on here asking the same question who's your guy who's Sean Quinn's guy of the 23 class that you signed?
1: And I, I tell you what, it's kind of two edges of the spectrum. I, I really identified with Lance Williams, um, the kind of guy he is and competitiveness. Obviously, I had a tie there because his father and I had played together in college. And so I just like Lance persona about just from an, uh, just kind of his mojo, two time state wrestling champ, won four state championships, just kind of a fun guy, big time energy guy and a good football player. And then Caleb Woodson. Um, was a guy recruit. I've got Northern Virginia. I've got um, Loudoun County, Prince William, the Stafford, Fredericksburg area, about 50 schools. And I just really identified with Caleb and his family. I thought he would be an outstanding player here and would fit. Super smart, self-made guy. Um, And just he just was a safety. Now he's going to be a linebacker. And I just thought he would be a great fit. Those two guys are kind of opposite personalities. Uh, Caleb's more of a silent assassin. Lance is the life of the party. He's going to be in the front, you know, and everybody's going to know he is. Caleb's a little bit more uh, just quiet and focused, but they both are really good players. And I I think they're kind of what we're all about. I mean, you know, and I can go down the list. Braylon Johnson, just tremendous. He was a leader of that class and helped us sign a bunch of the players because the one thing in recruiting you got to do, you got to find a glue guy. And what I mean by that is somebody that when they commit, they're going to help you recruit as much as anybody where they're going to, get those other guys to commit they're going to keep the class together um, and he did a great job you know especially with some tough times we had during the season those guys Caleb Lance Braylon Dante a bunch of those guys did a great job and even when guys were trying to get those guys you know Florida State and some other ACC schools tried to get Caleb to, to flip his commitment and uh, he stuck with us and so you know he just can sit there and, and go through the group and, and those guys did a great job and I think of keeping the glue together made this class fun but I identify with all of them, but those guys specifically because I spent a whole lot of time, um, you know, and, and got to know a bunch of the guys in the class. But those two guys, especially.
3: Sean, I've been I've I've, I've written this before, but um, you guys have a lot of resources at, as far as coaching linebackers and recruiting linebackers sure. between yourself and and Brent Pry and Chris Marv and Xavier DB. Is that no. something you guys? sell on the recruiting trail Heck, yeah. to linebackers, and, and how does that how does that help the guys already in the program?
1: A ton. We've got uh, Coach Pry, Coach Marv, Coach Adibi, Jan Johnson, who was on defense, who was an All-American, played in the NFL also, and then myself. So you kind of, you know, we've got a number of big time linebackers in this class we're trying to sign. And, you know, not many places you go to are there five guys that are have experience dealing with backers. You know, a lot of the schools recruiting some of these guys are offensive head coaches. And, you know, you can go, hey, listen, practice is going to be set up for a defensive guy. Here's what we do. Here's all the people that are going to watch your film. You know, here's what happened with Micah Parsons. I've been fortunate. I've, co- I've coached a ton of guys that have been the National Football League. And so I'll have those guys. I'll pull those guys out and say, here was a guy that was a two-star. Now he, he started for the, you know, for the Browns or whatever. And you can show them also examples of great players in Xavier Devy and Jan Johnson who either were played at Virginia Tech or were in the system. So, um, And then Coach Marv was in Coach Price's system as a, as a big-time linebacker at Vanderbilt. So I think that helps. And You've always got to accentuate what your positives are. You know, every place is a little different. Um, but here, you know, obviously the tradition of great defense, what Coach Foster started. I um, mean, all the – I mean, you just go into the NFL rosters of great players that played here, Edmonds at, at Buffalo and all the guys. Man, those are huge selling points for these guys, especially at linebacker. Um, and, and we're in the mix, like I said, some of the best ones in the country are in our backyard this year. And, you know, that's part of the selling point of coming here. So you
0: mentioned with Caleb Woodson, the, the move from safety up and Price said, if there's a better outside linebacker in the state of Virginia, you'd have to point him out to him for the 23 class. That, that's he, he's really high on Caleb Woodson when we had him on the podcast after signing day. Um, how hard is that transition from safety to outside linebacker for you in the system?
1: I think it's easier, you know, in a perfect world, you go from Sam to Will over your career. And, you know, I know Brent's had a number of guys when he was at Penn State that started Sam and then eventually became Wills. You know, we had a chance. Uh, I had a chance to talk to the GM at the Bears about 10 years ago he, when I was at Western Carolina. And he talked about how the outside linebacker position specifically the Sam is more of an athletic position, whereas the Mike is more instinctual. The tighter to the ball you are, the faster stuff happens. And I think as. A lot of the guys that have played outside linebacker everywhere I've been with Brent have been safeties. We've converted Keontae Jenkins is a good example who's here right now. Um Darrell Walker's another one. And we've had at George Southern, both our Sam and Will that started the year. We had an unbelievable defense there with Coach. They were converted safeties. It's easier at Sam. It's easier to learn. It's it's the easiest one of the three to play from a assignment standpoint. It's probably the hardest one from an execution because you're in a ton of space against good athletes. Um, but I think for a safety like Caleb, he played a bunch of it this year, so I think there's going to be some familiarity. Um, they kind of knew that's what he was growing into, so you know, Battlefield, those coaches did a nice job of playing him at the Sam nickel position this year about probably 70% of the time, so I think there's going to be not as much of a transition for him as maybe somebody who was straight like a safety out of high school, but those guys at Sam do a lot of the same things they would at safety in high school, so it's that's to me the easiest spot, and then what you can do is that guy gets bigger and stronger. He eventually becomes a will. And some guys stay at Sam their whole career. Like Caleb's athletic enough. He could do that. But some guys like Kelly Lawson, it was an easy way for us to transition him from receiver because there's a lot more moving parts at will and everything happens a little bit faster. And when he was at Sam, he was able to kind of learn it a little slower, easier to, to pick up. And then his athleticism, you know, he, he did a nice job and then we had some injuries and we had to force feed him at will. And there's some growing pains that happen with that, you know? So, I've generally coached all three, and so just in my brain, you know, hey, put a young guy at Sam, and then eventually they'll become a Will probably as their career goes along. And then Mike's tend to be, we've gotten away from trying to recruit a middle linebacker here that's just a Mike. We want to recruit Sams and Wills and somebody play Mike. That way, you can get a more athletic guy um, that can run a little better in nowadays games
0: do you ideally i mean, I guess ideally use is the word you'd probably want to use you want somebody that could play that and nickel or do you like to be able to shift the package and bring in a true a true nickel kind of how do you try to balance that
1: well you know your unicorns are hard to find those guys that can play every down and never have to come out like keontae jenkins is probably as close as i've had since darius eubanks who played for us at Georgia southern and played with the browns and the steelers um he never had to come out and keontae we play him at some will and at some um our, our fourth linebacker. When we go to our three down package, he's as close to it. You'd like to have a guy that never had to come out, but you know, sometimes that's a pure corner that we put in at nickel situations like Chamari, you know, was really the best option. We had at nickel last year, but in a perfect world, Chamari would have stayed at safety. We just didn't have the quote unquote nickel guy really in the program. Um, and so that's what we've went out recruiting and said, okay, One of these young corners can come in on third and eleven, play that. You know, we in a perfect world, you know, you want Kelly Lawson never to come off the field if you can, because he's so athletic and he runs so well. Keontae's in that same mode, but you know, he's got to be better in the box. Um, He's 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 very comfortable out in space, but you know, for him, that will is a little bit foreign. When he gets in there, it's like a little bit of Chinese arithmetic to him. You know, he's just got to get better and better at it. You know, Um, but in a perfect world, you never have to sub and, and we want to get to a point where we can do everything and not sub, but we're not to that point yet.
0: Is that, so looking at the nickel, obviously a guy like Derek Canteen kind of stands out, right? Like a transfer that comes in. How, how do you work the workload though, for a guy like that to be say, you know, you're going to work at corner, you're going to work at nickel. How do you, you know, is that a lot on them? Maybe a young guy can't handle it mentally or how do you approach that?
1: Well, we'd like to be able to run the entire package with a nickel in there and do the same things that the SAM does. And Derek mentally could do that just because he's played it. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I, my one daughter goes to Georgia Southern. So a couple of years ago, I actually went to a game during Open date when I was a head coach at Savannah State, saw him play. and said, man, that guy's a good football player. And now, two years later, we're sitting here. He's on our roster. And obviously, during the recruiting process with him, I had a familiarity with him. He's able to handle it. Um, and one thing I've, we've probably done earlier this year, that we didn't do last year is we've identified some guys we think can be a nickel you know last spring we were still trying to figure out who was right who was left what was up what was down and in fact keontae jenkins and jr walker were playing safety for the majority of the spring before we moved them is we're putting more of the nickel stuff in earlier and getting those guys a chance to rep it um you know a man's a man sword could play it a couple of the other corners could play it before mansoor got hurt we played him at some nickel um know we've got a number of guys that i think could do it you know the the smarter football iq they have the more the base stuff we can do which is our blitz pack is not just play man coverage not just play some zones but be able to bring you to and uh you know so fortunately chamari had a really good football iq so he he could practice very limited there and understand it but we just got to try to integrate those guys that much quicker and i think we got a better feel for our personnel now a year into it than we did a year ago so we can get more work with those guys than you know, last spring we didn't do a whole lot of nickel. We, we didn't really get into that until the fall. Um, so we're able to kind of expand that. And we're able to get in some other packages defensively and offensively that maybe we couldn't a year ago just because of our personnel. It's like, I know offensively figuring out what Daquan could do, um, having recruited him just kind of what his role would be all of a sudden about game five or six, he catches fire because he's figuring it out. So that's, that's a little bit, um, you know, what we've done as a staff, not just on defense. You guys have asked easy questions so far, man, too. I I appreciate the lot the softballs here. So So, I'll tell you, I used to get some hard ones, the head coaches now, I I appreciate these. So, but, um, you know, I think we're on the right path from a recruiting standpoint and getting speed. If you come watch us, I think we're a lot faster. I mean, that's the thing that jumped out to me was how much better we're doing these hunger drills we move. Um, And we've probably pushed back being as much install as we did a year ago, just trying to, really work on basics and just get our guys bigger, faster, stronger. I know that sounds corny to say that and it's coach speak, but that's the gospel truth. We got to be able to run good. We got to be able to tackle. We got to be able to do the basic stuff. You know, if your foundation's not real good, the rest of your house is not going to be very good. So we spent a whole lot of time doing that and uh, the strength staff's done a good job and our guys look good. I mean, if you see Kelly Lawson and Keontae Jenkins, and some of those guys walk by, you're like, Holy cow, these dudes look apart. So um, that's exciting to see what we can do with those guys.
3: So it sounds like Jenkins is probably the number one at Sam heading into the spring. Right now, you know, I thought
1: like at the back end of the year, it kind of clicked for him. Starting about NC State, he started playing really well. Um, yeah, and J.R. Walker's a solid guy, played a lot of football smart. He could play some inside backer and we'll kind of figure out what Jr. can do. They're both older guys that have played, you know, a lot of snaps in different scenarios and uh, never really been a starter either of them, but played snaps over their career. Um, but he and JR you know I don't want to sell JR short on that because he's done a nice job worked really hard but Keontae's got what we're looking for length speed and I think he could be an NFL guy but he's got to put it all together and he knows what he's got to do he's got to make some plays he didn't but he's got the height the speed the vertical all that stuff um, and could be I've had plenty of guys like him play in the NFL he just got to put it all together um, you know I would say our our biggest threat right now is Kelly Lawson. He just—I've just been impressed with the way he covers Crown. Jaden Keller's had a great spring. So has uh, Tisdale's done awesome. Uh, the McDonald twins—they—they've they've killed it. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that have been very impressive watching them work out and uh, doing this long enough. You got—you you notice some guys jump out. You go, man, that guy can run. And uh, you know, the McDonald twins are great examples of what we want here. They work hard. They are just great dudes. Um, They're sending me pictures of them over spring break, hanging out with their mom, you know, not typically what you would think guys would be doing over. (laughs) spring So most I'm hoping most of them aren't in the Gulf of Mexico somewhere.
3: (laughs) Uh, One of the things you guys like to do with linebackers is play in multiple spots or at least replant multiple spots. So what's that like between you and Marv, trading guys back and forth and working guys at different spots?
1: It's a lot of fun. Chris is really a super smart guy, probably one of the smartest guys you'll ever talk to. Very objective. Um, he's been awesome to work with. We've just, he's, he's you know, I'm a box full of ideas, you know, I'm like the idea guy. So he takes him with a grain of salt and uh, sorts through them. And we're, we're kind of like a band, just kind of figuring out what our best lineup is. And, and that's what you do as coaches. Uh, you know, I would say if I had a strength, because I've been at a number of really bad FCS defenses and we turn them around in a year, the biggest strength I probably had as a coach was being able to plug the right guys in the right places. Like, all right, you need to be the bassist. You need to play drums. All right, your tambourine, your backup singer, your lead singer. And I think collectively we've tried to do a good job of that and Chris has really, you know, spearheaded that as the coordinator um, and moving guys around across the board, whether it's an end, a tackle. Um, some guys need to go to offense, you know, different type of things. And, and that's been a lot of fun. And You know, we're still constantly tweaking it. All right, what's our best lineup? And, you know, with the nickel package and our three-down package, what are the best options in those, which those were really good for us towards the end of the year, especially our three-down stuff. So Chris is, like I said, super smart, got a really good feel for it. Um, And the guys have been awesome, man. They've been very open to trying to learn new stuff. And I think the trick in coaching is not to give guys too much that they can't digest it, but you got to give them enough new stuff to keep them, you know, keep it simple, but also want to keep it where they stay invested and interested in it where it becomes not monotonous for them and that's in this day and age that's that's a that's a challenge
0: I know there hasn't been too much uh football yet because pads don't go on spring ball hasn't yeah. happened but as a defensive coach I'm interested to know of the new offensive transfers who would scare you the most you know who is the guy that you look at the new offensive transfers and think I don't want to face that guy
1: I, I tell you what I, I, I'm I you know, the whole transfer portal thing is Rue really concerning for me because the one thing that can happen is you can bring in guys that their chemistry is bad, you know, and you've seen it. Um, in college football, there was a sec school. We talked to, uh, their strength coach and said it completely destroyed their team this year. The mojo of all the transfers they brought in. It just, you know, the comp, that wasn't a good fit. It's like a pot of gumbo. they put, they didn't have enough roux and too much chicken or whatever it might be. And, um, those guys have been awesome i'm, I'm saying they have put their heads down they've worked i mean all of them collectively um have just done a tremendous job so just to, to start off by saying super thankful for the way the guy's been on i know mm-hmm. I, i've personally been with Derek canteen dealing with Derek every day um a, as a nickel and as a corner and he's been awesome you know just a veteran guy um just kind of handled this stuff really well and, and never got you know, too high, too low, and is just coming and worked. Um, I would say the middle, the receiver from Middle Tennessee, Jalen, has just been, like to me, he's quick as a hiccup. I watch him in the drills, and I, you know, I saw what he did against Miami, how well he played in the Miami game. Those guys are hard to defend, because those are guys you can't touch in a telephone booth, and he's been super impressive. Um, I know the receivers we brought in collectively have just worked their butts off, and you know, wideouts can be, a, having been a defensive guy and also been a head coach, they can be the biggest divas on your team. And they've been awesome. They have worked their butts off, you know, for for being new guys, for being uh, guys that were highly touted coming in here. You know, they've handled their business. I, I think that uh, Kyron has worked his butt off. I've been super impressed with him. And, I, and obviously he's got every set of eyes on him, every snap that he's out there. But I've been really impressed with him. Um, you know, but I would say probably, if I had, it would be Jalen, I just, just the way he runs around and how quick he is. He just, he's impressed me. Like whoever he goes against, he wins the drill. And it's on defense, Derek Canteen, probably be the same way. Those two guys have just been ultra competitive. And that's what we did. We needed guys that could come in here and run, but also guys that would come in here and compete and and uh, not be, you know, not ruffle the feathers. So they would add more, they would add something. Um, you know, Nick Saban said spring ball's opportunity to get the right people on the bus and get the the wrong ones off, you know? and we want to make sure the chemistry is good because ultimately any good football team I've been on, I've been on nine championship teams. They're going to have great chemistry. It doesn't matter what offense or defense, because when things are tough, you got to have some guys that have stick to this and want to stick with each other and we'll fight for each other. And I think we got that mojo going good right now. And obviously we hadn't played a game, so there's a long way to go, but that's what jumps out to me and those guys have been awesome.
3: You touched them you talked about a little bit, the transfers coming in and kind of the chemistry issues, but how do you guys from the staff go about incorporating that into the team? You know, you come back in January and five, six, I forget how many it was, come into the meeting room for the first time. I'm assuming everybody on the roster knows that they were recruited to, to come in for a reason. So how do yeah. you how do you bridge that with the current players and the transfers coming in?
1: I think it sets a tone that we're going to be competitive um we're not going to sit on a rest on our laurels to just say hey what we did was good enough a year ago because it wasn't um i want to say it was probably 19 or 20 new players were in that first meeting and that sent a message in of itself that hey we're going to go out and you know we tell our guys all the time we're going to try to recruit somebody to come in here and beat you out and in the hopes that that raises your game you know i always give the analogy you move in on the street and there's there's Susie lives there, and you're the only guy on the na- in the neighborhood that can date her, and all of a sudden two other guys move in the neighborhood. There's a little competition now, and now you're going to bring the best out of you. And so we want to always be ultra competitive, and we try all the different ways we can to find ways to get our guys to compete with each other and, and bring in new players. That, you know, obviously, I think one thing that helps some of these guys have performed really well at a high level. And so our guys, obviously, like I bring up Jalen from Middle Tennessee, he played outstanding in the Miami game. Our guys watch the game going, that guy's in our huddle now. And that sends a message to everybody in that room, hey, I better be on my P's and Q's. So um, I, I think it sends a good message and creates competition. You know, being a big Pete Carroll guy, because that's kind of somebody that i based a lot of my coaching career, I've always felt like competition's probably your best component to get things done. The peer pressure you feel from that allows you to get guys to, to maximize their abilities.
2: I want to touch on, you were talking about how, like in the hunger drills this year, that you guys are doing less installed kind of doing things differently coming off the season from last year you know a losing season are there other aspects of of coaching or practice that you're reevaluating or maybe things that uh, you want to do differently this year like what is your mindset and the adjustments that you want to make heading into this next season
1: well i think you'd be foolish not to constantly reevaluate what can we do better and i think from the top to the bottom uh, and Brent did a great job. Hey, what can we be better? How can we be better? So we've spent the entire off season looking at things that we could have done differently to help us win football games. You know, we had a number of games there we had the lead late in the year that we lost. And I've always said this, losing is contagious just like winning is. Being part of some championship programs I've been fortunate to be part of, we found a way to win at critical times just because our guys believed it. I've also been at places, you know, the last place was that had 28 years of losing in a row so there was a there was a mental component there, not just a physical thing. They had some good players, but when things got tough, they found a way to go the wrong way. And so we've spent a whole bunch of time trying to figure out how can we make practice more competitive? How can we be even better with our time? Um, what's the What do we need to not do that's going to take away? You know, it's great if we can speak, you know, if we're in lesson nine on this, but if we didn't get lesson one right, why are we trying to do lesson nine? So. That we're better tacklers, we're better at coverage, we're better with our eyes because those were the things that got us beat during those times. It wasn't the scheme; it was a mistake with a technique or something physically that we could have done different. Did we rest enough? Um, but you're constantly reevaluating. Like Brent was great; he had us all go. I went; we went to different places around the country. Who does something well? Let's go there. What are they doing? Um, you know, I went to Troy of all places. They had a they had took over a bad team where they hadn't been winning and they were able to flip it. What did they do, you know? And, and, and so knowing that head coach, John Summerall, I went down there and spent three days with them going, okay, what are some things you guys do here from a, a collective standpoint, defensive standpoint, program standpoint that we can implement. And so coach sent us to all different places around the country going, let's what what's something we can take and that'll help make us better. And then looking at what we're doing, Is there something that was good, was bad, you know, and 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 so you're constantly reevaluating that. I I think every every week you're going, okay, what can we do better? And so we've spent a bunch of time, you know, basically taking the car apart and now putting it back together to use a like the old hot rod analogy you see on those shows. But um, we've been doing there's some things we obviously needed to change and some things I think we were on the right path. But the other part I would say to you guys that I really appreciate about Brent is he never panicked during the season. He never, you know. Good, bad, and different. He he kept this way. And I think that the kids, the reason we won at Liberty, and obviously I thought I would love to play that last game because I thought we were really starting to peak. Was our guys kept practicing hard, even with the record, even you know, when the season seemed lost per se, um, our guys kept plugging away. And I give him a lot of credit. Positive message, and didn't that message stayed the same week after week and didn't panic. And I think if you panic. You lose, guys, and usually what I found is if you stick with this thing about year two, you'll see that arc will swing way in your favor. Having done this at some some places where we weren't winning initially, and, and then flipping it, that's kind of what we st- we just hey, keep sticking with what you know will work, and what and obviously tweak it, but don't panic and throw everything out the, out the window. So, all
0: right, so let's move into some some fun non-football. Well, still some football, but more fun. Oh man, all awesome, fun, man.
1: Uh. By the, by the good? way, before you ask this question, how about the Hokies last night getting after Notre Dame? That was big, man. They yeah. have kicked me out of the restaurant I was at. There were some Notre Dame fans in there, and I'm hooting and hollering, man. Had a hell of a time in there. It was fun. <laughs> Sean he, Quinn arrested at a restaurant on, for fighting Notre Dame Hokies. fans. <laughs> so, good, good win last night.
0: So. Hey, so what was the what was your first impression of running out of the tunnel into Lane Stadium?
1: I'll be honest with you. I, I teared up in in the inner Sandman in the spring game. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I was a defensive coordinator at Western Carolina in 2014 or 13. We played over here and I saw him jumping and I said, oh, this could be a long day here. This may not be so much fun. In fact, I saw a fun wave at me and run out of the stadium about midway through the first quarter, but um, it was pretty awesome, man. It's it's funny. I'll tell you a quick side story. I worked, concert security for years in college and early my and I did Metallica and I'm thinking oh my god I can remember this song came on and I about got burned by the pyrotechnic stuff behind me when they played Enter Sandman and here I am coaching at Virginia Tech all these years later so pretty awesome pretty awesome man and uh I hear it anytime I hear it I instantly go right to it so um
3: so, pretty cool sounds pretty sounds sounds like you got the connection to finally get metallica live at lane stadium
1: yeah live. we got to build a platform right there underneath the scoreboard and get them <laughs> out there how killer would that be man you know <laughs> Play, like get ride the lightning do ride the lightning and then for whom the bell tolls and then go right to enter Sam, man that place would go that might fall down the whole stadium might fall down. <laughs> what was not not the win or
0: lose or the game or or anything like that what was the best away game experience for you in the
1: ACC in the ACC um probably I'm trying to think who we played on the road here um you know I was I've been in the SEC so that's a, those atmospheres are pretty neat at night I, I would probably say the the atmosphere I most identified with was NC State probably I thought they had like the most intimate just kind of a cool atmosphere uh, some of the, you know some of them can be like golf clap places you know all right, pour me a glass of Chardonnay, we, you know, but uh, all joking aside, you know, the, the, they had a great atmosphere there. I enjoyed going over there and they do a good job Those, those. Their staff does a really nice job.
0: So, when you when you decided Fontaine Mines was the guy for the wide receiver coach, did you care that he played at UVA? Did that
1: play into it at all for you? No, I know. Obviously, we had some really good candidates that were we, that guys that had played at Virginia Tech and did an awesome job. And, and those guys are good football coaches. Now, you know, obviously, his connections to the state of Virginia are were the most important component. And he did a great job recruiting and, and does a great job coaching. Um, you know, we, we give him a hard time. Let's put it that way in the locker. And we give him a ton of grief every day on hourly basis about. Not being at, played at Virginia tech, but, uh, he takes it with, with a grain of salt and is a great guy. But, uh, you know, I knew he was, we all knew he was the best fit for us from a personality standpoint and obviously did an awesome job recruiting. So,
0: so now what the people want to know favorite food on the road so far, what's the best restaurant you've hit on a, on the road?
1: Oh my gosh. I just had one yesterday that I almost whacked. It was so good, but, um. My favorite one in Virginia, it would have to be Fahrenheit 132 in Fredericksburg. Get the tomahawk ribeye. You, you'll want to you'll kiss the waiter. There's It's so good. Um, it's um, it's it's excellent. Get it medium. Um, and they got great sides there. It's just a really neat place. It's in downtown Fredericksburg. I don't know if you guys have been there. That's a neat area. I've got a bunch of area in there. And uh, Lou Sorrentino, the head coach at Mountain View, grabbed me one day. I was, I was leaving and said, Coach, you got to go try this out. I've seen all your posts. You got to go here. And I went there and I was like, Lou, we're friends forever because of this. So, um, but uh, <laughs> he's a, a big hokey fan. Good, good guy. And, uh, but that's probably my favorite place. Uh, we hit the wharf when we were doing the, the clinic over there, which I thought was really a neat area. I could definitely spend a bunch of time back there. Uh, we went to Oficino's, which was an Italian place. that was really good. But I'd have to say Fahrenheit 132. If you hadn't been there, take your better half there. You'll get some points. It's a, uh, it's a good place to eat for sure. I was going to ask. He gave
3: you some some recommendations at the richmond coaching clinic about where you were going to go so where'd you end up uh i went to a waffle place for
1: breakfast uh it was over kind of in the financial district right there gosh it was a like uh, capital waffle shop or something Capital or something. waffle shop yeah that yeah. was interesting i interesting <laughs> would probably be the right word it was interesting yeah <laughs> so it was good it was interesting so i i so i got some other ones i'll try but that it was it was interesting so, what's the best what's the best restaurant that you've been to in Blacksburg? You know, I'm a big 622 fan, but, um, you know, I've kind of expanded, you know, um, over at Price's Fork. There's a really good Mexican place there. I enjoy eating that um, over in Blacksburg. Um, but it's probably 622. I mean, it's hard to beat. I mean, you know, just because of the but I enjoy uh, I enjoy It's probably 622 and lefties. Those are kind of my go to's. So lefties is kind of underrated and it's a little bit off the radar that you don't realize it's there. So really, really good food.
2: Speaking of PKs, I know, um, Derek Jones has his cheetah wings there, uh, which I think is like lemon pepper and Buffalo mix. What would be the Sean Quinn like (laughs) menu item that you would get out in Blacksburg or that you would want to create?
1: I would love a double cheeseburger Call it the big Q double cheeseburger medium, get some sauteed onions and mushrooms on it and toasted bun and that with a side of um, mushrooms. So that'd be awesome of uh, fried mushrooms. I'm sure my doctor's calling me right now on my cardiologist. Is calling me <laughs> so, but uh, my better half is, is very healthy. So this is a challenge. We go out to eat. She wants me to eat gluten free. And so I, I tend to deviate left on those things, but uh, you know, double cheeseburger is hard to, hard to beat. And I do like the cheetah wings. So um, you got to get them extra crispy if you go there, so. But there's a lot of great places. And so if anybody's got a restaurant they want me to try from Blacksburg, let me know. I'll show up tomorrow with bells on, so I'll be ready to go. (laughs) And I will tell you the wine lab, the hot dog there is underrated. If you ever get a chance to go over there and get the hot dog, you wouldn't think, but it's a Wagyu beef, which is like the the creme de la creme of,
3: of hot dogs. Little hot dog and Cabernet or something.
1: Yeah, you is could definitely it? do that. It's an interesting <laughs> combo. Yeah, it's a neat, 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 audience <laughs> there, though. And the other place that you don't think about is University Clubs. Really got good food too. So,
0: so yeah. if, well, go ahead, if uh, obviously your your Saturdays are booked because you're out there coaching. If you weren't coaching, what would be your tailgate menu?
1: Uh, smoked ribs, burn end brisket. Um, Probably some kind of buffalo chicken dip. Um, probably a few, few, uh, few cold Coca Colas. You know what I mean? Um, uh, you know, I'm a big dip guy. Casserole, potato casserole, dip. You know, I know you can't tell looking at me, but I would and enjoy any kind of a barbecue. And then you always got to have some kibasi cut up or some smoked sausage and a little piece of white bread wrap it. Man, that is to go to. So I'm, I'm getting hungry as we're talking about this as we speak. So. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's funny. We, we, we grew up in a family. Football was important. Food was a big part of that. And so we got here and the whole food thing, Derek Jones says, Quinn, you like to eat and, you know, guys call you about place to eat. So you do a food deal. I said, all right, I'll do that. So that's kind of where this all started. I've always said I'm Guy Fieri with better hair. So we've always had fun with it. And, uh, you know, so for years, guys have called me on the road, say, I'm in this town. Where do I need to go eat? I go, oh, go to Joe's Diner there and get the double two, number three, and it'll be, take care of you. So, um it's always been a fun, fun little component to add. And I think you got to enjoy the ride while you're doing it, you know?
0: Absolutely. Does, does golf ever get on you about, about some of it? I know you said your wife is a health nut. What about golf? Does he ever? Do yeah, that he's thing? on me.
1: He's got me on a program. I'm working hard. It's just, you know, late at night, those other things tend to call you too. So, um, but yeah, he Dwight's on me. I, I believe it or not. I do yoga every morning. And, uh, so I usually do yoga so I can eat unhealthy. So that's kind of my reasoning with yoga, but uh, but Dwight's actually got me on a lifting program at lunch or at, at night. Uh, my family splits time between here and Savannah, so when they're not here, then I'm usually in there working out, getting a second workout in before I go to PKs or something. So
3: that, that's all mine. Anybody else got any? I got one more. Just kind of back to the football. We got seven, eight days before start of spring practice. So what is what is the over the next seven days? What are you guys doing to get ready for it?
1: Well, we've been watching our cutups, going through, you know, and talked about reevaluating stuff, just going back through everything we ran this past year and what we could do better. And then we've obviously spent some time with other staffs, you know, interjecting some new ideas, not just from X's and O's, but also drills, even how we set up practice um, with some really good coaches that we've got a chance to visit with and said, all right, instead of that being C on your list, that ought to be B or A, and just kind of tweaking how we do some stuff practice wise, but really. Kind of going back through re and last year's calls, what was good, what was bad. And also, you know, I, I keep going back to the music and food thing. I think your team's a lot like a band. What do you do well? Let You know, if you got Aretha Franklin, you should sing the blues. You shouldn't do heavy metal. You know, what are the things that you're good at and fit the skill set of Kelly Lawson, of C.J. McRae? What are the things that those guys do well? And let's play that. Like, we didn't play very much man last year because of our team speed. We'd like to play a whole lot more man coverage. It's a lot easier when you can just lock up guys and go, okay, you got him, you got him, let's go. And they've had those guys here in the past and that was part of recruiting is getting more speed. Um, But we're reevaluating everything. And then, you know, going through what we're gonna run, we've already got practices planned through like the sixth or seventh practice already planned out. So, but, you know, obviously reevaluating everything and, uh, you know, we'll get cranked up next Thursday. It'll be a bunch of fun. And, you know, we gotta, we gotta play reckless we got, you know, every year you're a new team. Whatever your team was last year, it's different. And so every year is its own, you know, whether you have a championship team or a non-contender a year ago, it's a different year. So you got to reestablish who you are, what works for this team, you know, who's our quarterback, who who's the leader of our offense, who's the leader of our defense, what do we do well if we're going to win. You know, I think the one thing people get caught in is certain, we're going to run this many plays or tempo or whatever. What do you need to do stylistically? And this is where the head coach and me comes out. What do we need to do that's going to allow us to win week in and week out with this team? Not a team if we had everybody here that we wanted to recruit for five years. With this team, how do we win the ACC? And what allows this team to be successful? That's the. Those are kind of like the answers we got to find out in spring ball. And usually you come out of spring and go, okay, here's our strengths. Here's where we might need to add somebody. Here's our weaknesses. Um, and I think those are questions we got to answer here in the first couple of weeks of spring ball, you know, coming out of hunger drills.
0: Well, I think I think that's all. I think you've gone through our whole our whole uh, taking notes of, uh, of questions to ask for you today.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, I appreciate sir. you
1: guys covering us at the clinics, man. I appreciate you guys doing this. Uh, I enjoy the heck out. of it. I had a radio show and, uh, and and did a TV show at Savannah, so I enjoyed it. In fact, we did one episode in we had a neighbors episode we did in a in a, um backstreet alley in bathrobe. So I enjoy doing this kind of stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really appreciate you guys covering us, and uh, you guys got a tough job. I mean, that's not easy, um, and I appreciate what you do in covering us, and um, we want to be accessible as coaches. I know Brent, starting with Brent, we want to be, you know, the most available program that's out there, and, and we got a good thing here at Virginia Tech's awesome place, and we appreciate you guys covering us and, ha- and having some fun with it too. And, uh, you know, I'm glad you didn't ask me too many Allman Brother questions. I know Brent's more versed in them, but he's he's – slowly I've become – I don't have a tattoo of Allman Brothers yet, but I'm getting close. So,
0: I know you probably can't tell, but Matei might be wearing his bathrobe and Crocs right now. So definitely wearing Crocs.
1: <laughs> I, no, he's got Crocs. On. I've well. got got my slim trunks on. I'm looking at the gulf right here, and uh, but um, and in fact, I'm gonna get some lunch here and text some more recruits. But uh, whatever you guys need from us, man, please I appreciate and I appreciate Travis setting this up with you guys and you think anything else anytime you need me to show up on it i'll I'll be there so absolutely
0: maybe we'll do one of those maybe we'll do one of those in bathrobes
1: one day that'd be fun man i'd love that so
0: (laughs) Coaching Clinic brought
3: to you a bathrobe. That's right. Hey, let's go, man. <laughs> this is taking a weird turn. Yeah. <laughs> if, if the flu gets any weirder,
2: thank you, yeah. Coach Quinn. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening. Inside the Tunnel, VT Spear
0: 247 24-7 sports. you like this. we got plenty more coming. We have a good old-fashioned analysis podcast, first one in a while. A lot of news. We'll be back next week. Rate, review, subscribe. Hit your VIP subscription. And as always, my friend, Go Hokies. Go Hokies.